Transmitting from WebmasterRadio.fm World Headquarters in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Get ready to tap into the minds of the founding fathers of SO Rocket to the next generation of search engine optimization 3.0 with traffic that will put your website into a head-on collision. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO and give you free expert advice with their weekly site clinic. Now, here are the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, the SEO, SEO rock stars. It's time for your heart-stopping news-packed regular drilling. Our hosts have made their way to the round table. The Pulse, the pulse starts now. Beep, beep, beep. Okay, I guess I did kill that. Hey, this is Chris Boggs. I'm the host of SEO Rockstars. Uh, I'm also director of Search and Media Thought Leadership at Rosetta and the president of SEMPO, the Search Engine Marketing Professionals Organization. Please join today. Uh, today, we do not have our esteemed co-host, Darren Babin, as he is out on assignment, uh, but we are very lucky today, December 12th, 2011, the first time that we, uh, this is when we're recording this, in case you're listening to it later. Uh, we have with us a man who really needs no introduction if you're in search. Um, he uh, has been ubiquitous to search reporting and search knowledge uh, for as long as I can remember. And uh, this is Barry Schwartz that I'm speaking of, uh, the owner and editor and, and all-around ruler of the Search Engine Roundtable, as well as his company, Rusty Brick. And you can find his personal blog at Cartoon Barry. Uh, looking forward to talking uh, about uh, 2011 and search, and welcome aboard, Barry. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. It's been a long time. I like that introduction, the pulse. That's definitely for fact. Yeah, it really does, doesn't it? <laughs> we used to do the pulse, and that was good. Good job. I'm sorry I kind of screwed it up. Hopefully, not too badly by talking over it, because uh, I guess I didn't really know it was coming. So, anyway, the pulse. Uh, I miss it. You know, for anyone that's interested in hearing about the pulse, was a few years ago. You can probably dig around on WebmasterRadio.fm and find some podcasts of our old shows. So um, we got some people in the chat room today. Please feel free to share your comments and thoughts and questions. I did place a link um, in the chat room, but for those of us, uh, the, those of you that may be listening uh, now or uh, you're not able to get to a computer or you're listening to this as a podcast, I'm looking at the seroundtable.com, um, eight years old now, and uh, the name of the article published on December 2nd, 2011, is eight years covering the search industry. So first of all, Congratulations, Barry. Um, you know, Search Engine Roundtable has been around for eight years. I'm really, you know, first of all, very, very proud to have been at, at, some, at some points more so than now a part of it. Uh, you know, we really had our heyday when we were doing a ton of uh, live blogging at the shows and everything like this. But you've really kept this going for a long time, so congratulations, Barry. I appreciate it. Thank you. You know, it seems like a long time, but... At the same time, it doesn't. I don't know. You know, I feel like it's, uh, it's a lot of writing over the past uh, years or so. But thanks so much for helping me get the, the site started and getting it, you know, so much publicity over the years. And just glad that, you know, I can keep doing it and uh, not burn out over it. So. Well, you're a machine. You're a machine, and there's no doubt about that. Um, if there's, you know, if there's something that you want to find out about search, 
Um, chances are that you're going to probably come across one of Barry's articles either at the roundtable or at the search engine land, uh, you know, covering the topic. Um, taking going through this, let's just just jump in here for a couple topics. Uh, um, you know, the yearly recap uh, certainly. You know, you talk about in 2010 it was about the Google May Day update, caffeine, Google Instant. I think 2011 really was kind of a growth from that, and, and you, as you said, it wasn't all that different. I want to jump down to one topic. Uh, that's kind of later on uh, in, in this article that you wrote. Uh, but to me, I think it's something that has probably been um, a little bit underlooked, and I think that's a good thing. And that's that, uh, you know, Schmidt um, uh, stepped down earlier in the year as the CEO of Google. And it was uh, quite surprising to people that Eric Schmidt would step down, but even more surprising uh, that the, you know, that the role of CEO would go to Larry Page, uh, one of the co-founders of Google, along with Sergey Brin. And, uh, you know, a lot of people felt that, you know, the, the, when Larry and Sergey hired Eric, it was a smart thing to do because they were hiring a businessman to run their business in, in, in the way that they wanted them. So tell me, Barry, were, were those people that were concerned about that? What, what do you think the outcome is so far? Well, like, you know, when Eric Schmidt you know, stepped out. He's like adult supervision no longer needed. Um, and that's true. I mean, Larry and Sergey have grown up tremendously over the course of the past, you know, how many years now? You know, about, what, what 13 years now? Or whatever it might be. When did they hire they yeah. him? A while ago. And um, definitely, I mean, he's definitely definitely grown. Larry's always wanted to run the company. They never really wanted to hire a CEO, but obviously to, uh, you know, make their board happy, they had to go ahead and uh, hire somebody with, you know, that type of knowledge. And Eric, brought that to them, and they learned a lot. And don't get me wrong, Larry Page is doing an unbelievable job, you know, as CEO right now. People are very, very happy with it. People were skeptical, obviously, but Eric um, is still there. He's still very active. He's still doing his thing, and um, he's, a, you know, he's the executive chairman. He's on the board with Larry and, and Sergi, and he's still, you know, probably there, help, you know, leading the way. And as you can see, Larry's did a lot of pretty drastic things in the past uh, year, uh, you know, six months or so to... Uh, to make changes there, like removing a lot of products and uh, consolidating a lot of things and pushing Google Plus tremendously. So it'll be interesting to see how things go over this course of the year. But so far, he's been doing a fairly good job, at least according to the stock market. So. How would you compare it to, you know, you're the CEO of Rusty Brick. Your day-to-day -day duties in terms of being the CEO of Rusty Brick, I know that some people may say, well, Rusty Brick isn't a multi-billion dollar company yet. Uh, but still, you know, the fact is, is that... Um, a CEO is a CEO, it, 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 you know, if you think about it, from a large company or a smaller company. Do you think that just in general, do you have a feeling that you're more involved with the day-to-day -day running of Rusty Brick than Larry is of um, of Google? Uh, it's, it's hard to say. There's no way when you have such a large company to be able to be involved in every single day-to-day -day little task. I'm sure he knows about the big things going on and leading direction and all that type of stuff, but to have a level of you know, detailed understanding of every single thing that's going on at the company. It's, it's impossible. I, I don't even have that here. I, a lot of projects that we're working on, we're a 20-person company. Um, I, I don't know every single detail. I know in general, you know, what's going on, what the direction of every project is, but I, I, I can't even compare myself to what Larry or, 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 his, or the executives over there have to deal with in terms of running a, co a company that size with that much revenue, with that much profitability, mm -hmm. you know. I, I, I wouldn't even imagine what his responsibilities are. It's, 
Do you think, and, and you know, we obviously lost a, a great, great leader and inventor this year in Steve Jobs. Um, I don't think that it's, it's probably not fair to draw a parallel between Steve Jobs and, and Larry, right? Or Larry and Sergey, because I think Steve Jobs always kind of, you know, he had his signature outfit, he had his signature product announcements. That's not something that you've seen from Google. I think that it's almost as if Google's gone out of the way to make sure uh, that there's no single person that's uh, purely tied to its performance and it's coming out with new stuff. Or, or do you disagree? And maybe I'm looking at it through a different lens, but I just don't see, you know, Larry having that profound of an impact and that that, uh, you know, ubiquitously uh, credited impact for the performance of a company as Steve Jobs did? Or do, or do you think that that's probably uh, incorrect and that, it, you know, if, for example, Google were to lose one of them, uh, they would have a harder time than, than Apple seems to be having now? There's no doubt that if you speak to a Googler, they'll talk about Larry like, an Apple, you know, employee working at Apple's headquarters would talk about Steve Jobs. Um, they they really look up in terms of that visionary type of, um, I guess, personality and visionary type of, uh, you know, you know, vi- you know, you know, backgrounds where they would, you know, Larry and and Steve Jobs would probably be um, talked about the same type of way by their employees. Keep in mind, Apple's more of a creative company with more focus on, you know, music and style and, you know, making things look very, very pretty, whereas Google's more about the engineering side, looking at how data backs up changes they make. Um, so there's two different ways of running a company, and you know Larry and Sergey wanted Steve Jobs to be the CEO of Google. They asked him, and he turned it down. So, and they tremendously look up to Steve Jobs, and they do want to roll their, you know, base their company off of a lot of the ways, the things that he's built Apple around. At the same time, they have their own type of approach towards things, and they both have very, very unique schooling, and they brought up very, very, uh, you know, very, very high class and high, uh, you know, education background. So Larry Turgeon definitely had that type of vision. And I, I believe whenever I speak to a Googler, they look up to Larry and Sergey, uh, I think, mm. at the same level that they, uh, Apple employee would look up to Steve Jobs. Thank you for that insight. And, and, you know, this is the SEO Rockstar, so we're going to focus most of the rest of the conversation around SEO. Uh, one last quick thing before we take a break. Um, do you think that SEO – or actually, I should say, do you think that organic search and the organic search algorithm is top of mind for Larry and Google? Or is that something that they're happy with Matt and, and the quality assurance team, Matt Cutts and the quality assurance team handle, and, and they're more focused on the various money-making drivers that, that Google has out there? Well, the bottom line is Google's money-making factor is their search engine, their AdWords and search, um, everything else that they're focusing on, and Larry's tied the bonuses directly to the Google Plus network and how it succeeds over the course of the year. So that's definitely a major thing where Larry is focusing a lot of their efforts. Uh, and it's not really a moneymaker right now, but they see that as the future. So what Steve Jobs did a lot of, a lot of was you know, pretty much kill off their products and build out new products. They had the iPod. They, you know, they came out with the iPhone, which you know, killed a lot of the iPod sales and so on. So they actually build products that kill off their other products. And that's what every successful company has to do. They have to reinvent themselves over the years and try to, do things, even if it might kill off their 
bread and butter products, but that's what they have to do. They have to really think about that stuff and to move forward. So I don't think they're not. I don't think they're gonna kill off search. I just think Larry and Sergio they're pretty much focusing on what the future is in terms of you know making a better search and discovery engine. Social has a lot to do with that. And if you think of it that way, that that's really you know what they're doing. And obviously Matt and uh, Amit and and a lot of the the three major players in, in Google Search, um, they have a good understanding of how everything works and letting them run that. Um, so I'm not worried about search being an issue, but like, like, like you said, I think Larry and, and the, the, top, the top executives are looking at other things outside of search to be the growth of the company. Great. Well, thanks again, as always, for your opinion. Uh, we're going to be taking a short break here, and when we come back, uh, we're going to speak specifically to some of the to- uh, top stories uh, of the year as related to SEO. So uh, stay right where you are, and don't forget to join the chat room if you are listening to us live. Uh, we'll be right back with the SEO Rockstars. You're listening to the SEO Rockstars, exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The Internet Marketing Ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit imninjas.com. The ninjas are coming. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. Hey, everyone. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. And this is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. We just wanted to wish you a really happy healthy, green Christmas, and a prosperous New Year. Indeed, Jim. And to all of our clients, guests, and and the valuable listeners of uh, Webmaster Radio, happy holidays. On behalf of Webcology on webmasterradio.fm, happy holidays. From all of us to all of you, webmasterradio.fm, wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous New Year.
get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO Rockstars, exclusively on WebmasterRadio.fm. Woohoo! We're back. Hopefully uh, there's not going to be any pulse intro that I'm missing out and screwing up again. Uh, we're here today with Barry Schwartz, uh, uh, former co-host of The Search Pulse, uh, awesome show back in the day on WebmasterRadio.fm. And uh, we're here for SEO Rockstars. This show's originally being recorded on the 13th of December, 2011. Barry, thanks again for joining us. Let's jump right back in. The next subject I have for you is spam. I know it's one of your favorites. Uh, you highlighted a few different examples of spam that happened in 2011 that got a lot of attention, uh, specifically link spamming from JCPenney and Overstock. Uh, but frankly, I hadn't noticed the, um, uh, the locksmith spam, which is an old school kind of spam. Tell us what you think in, in, at a high level, you know, how did Google improve the way that it handled spam this year and how did spammers improve the way that they spam Google this year? Well, you know, I mean, you're involved in this on a day-to-day basis. Um, link spam is much, much harder these days than it was back in the day, you know, six six to nine years ago, or maybe like three years ago. Um, so it's interesting to see the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, call out Google for sites that they think are ranking well uh, because of link spam. So, for example, uh, the Mother's Day link article um, in the New York Times. Um, <laughs> sorry, the New York Times about how... Um, Different mother, you know, flower websites are trying to game Google, and Google's response to them was basically, "They're not gaming us. We know about their spam, spammy links, and although they have all those spammy links, we're not counting them. So there's no reason to penalize them because we're not that stupid." And, and Google says that all the time. If you look at the forums, you'll be like, "They'll be like, yeah, we know about all these spammy links. They're actually hurting you. They're not helping you. And when you get rid of them, maybe rid of them, then maybe your rankings will improve." But in some cases, like the JCPenney article or the Overstock and stuff like that, where they are doing different things to try to increase their rankings, and at sites like that that are that large, like JCPenney and Overstock, they do get away with certain things, and Google has to take action, especially when they're embarrassed in these large, uh, you know, these large uh, publications like the Wall Street Journal, New York Times. Um, the example of a locksmith, you know. When it comes to local spam, they're not doing that great of a deal, uh, job in terms of getting out, uh, getting the spam out of the local results. They're doing a much better job in the uh, you know search, the search results, but in the local maps and places results, it's still a bit of a challenge for them. And there were, it's, it's been improved drastically over the course of the year or two, but you know it's still a major issue for them. And I'm sure you see the same thing. Yes, right? that's certainly a tough area, and and you know this is something that. We shouldn't really expect, uh, you know, I think there's some great analogy from it, like a duck to change its feathers or something. But, you know, if you think about from way back, and, and I think you highlighted or discussed it in the actual article about the locksmith spam, uh, is that this is a tactic. You know, people were trying to spam the Yellow Pages years ago, right? They invented business names that started with four A's and four letters in order to be the first locksmith listed. Uh, this is something that's, you know, kind of almost been ex- 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 become an accepted part of marketing in the industry. So if you think about it, I think from an SEO and a local search perspective, it's just an evolution. So if you're going to have, 
And, and you could almost even draw a parallel, Barry. I don't. I certainly don't want to draw a parallel between locksmiths and like porn peddlers, or or you know online casinos, or or uh, the other sort of bad neighborhood which is related to pharmaceuticals, uh, you know, Canadian drug sales and, and and things like that. But if you think about it, there's it's. It's kind of a close and a thin line there between what's a bad neighborhood uh, versus what some of the tactics from some of these local type of marketers are doing. Do you think that there's ever a chance that as a result of, you know, the work of maybe 10, 15, 20 percent of the marketers out there looking for work in these services and using spammy tactics uh, that they could sort of turn their whole neighborhood bad? Uh Unless we make the whole neighborhood bad. I mean, there's no linkage data between different neighborhoods, and Google has to return locksmiths for searches on locksmiths. I'm sorry, and uh, Barry, let me clarify. By neighborhood, I'm trying to refer to the concept of a bad neighborhood, like, uh, you know, pills or porn or casinos, right? Could locksmithing become part of that? Uh, well, still, I mean, pills, porn, and casino are somewhat often considered taboo and illegal, just, you know, Certain types of drugs are illegal, you know, certain types of porn are illegal, and certain types of casinos are illegal in certain areas. Locksmiths are never going to be that illegal unless they're being hired to break into your house or somebody else's house or something. So I don't think it's going to have that same stigma. At the same time, in terms of the search side, yeah, 100% local thing. I mean, local things happen, you know, especially locksmiths. That's one of the largest areas that Google Maps that has spammed a lot. Uh, but well, if you think of it, most areas... Um, Usually, the search side were spammed a lot too. You know, tax season, people targeted that. Um, legal keywords, people targeted a lot, and that wasn't seen as you know, you know, you know, porn, pills, and casino and stuff like that. So, I don't think it's going to get that type of look. At the same time, um, you do have you know a lot of adult spam in Google Maps as well. Um, it's cleaned up a lot over the over the course of past six months or so, but you'll still get those locksmiths and those local flower shops and those local, you know, anything local-based, try to go ahead and target that as long as it works. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be seen as the, you know, PPC of the industry, as you call it, but uh, you know what I mean. Great. Um, you know, I'm sorry, but we do have to pay the piper. So uh, we're going to take another quick break and then come back and uh, finish off with some final discussions around some of the major algorithm updates uh, that occurred this year. And also, uh, not only algorithm updates, but also changes to uh, primarily Google's uh, ability to do its job. So let's take one more break, and we'll be right back with you with the SEO Rockstars. You're listening to the SEO Rockstars, exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2012 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2012. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry today into the Web Marketing Association's 2012 IAC Awards. Go! to www.iacaward.org now. 
Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. This is Maria Retan, host of Purse Strings, wishing you and yours a warm and happy holiday season and a very festive new year. Hope that business is good and you continue to market to moms because she's going to drive your bottom line. From all of us to all of you, webmasterradio.fm, wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous new year. Let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. All right, here we go. We're back. SEO rock stars, welcome back. It's uh, December 13, 2011, and we're with Barry Schwartz of the Search Engine Roundtable on Rusty Brick and Search Engine Land and everywhere else it is search, it seems. Barry, you're the man. Thanks again for joining us. Um, Panda, you know we can't have a we can't have a yearly recap without talking about Panda. Um, so we've certainly talked about Panda uh, on this show a lot this year, and a lot of people a lot of people have talked about Panda. Uh, I think that you certainly do a good job in, in summarizing it, and that it's a play on freshness. Uh, it's, uh, you know, and, and it's a huge topic, and it still is a big topic uh, for search engine optimizers. It's funny because over the years, as we've had algo updates, there have been panics and there have been huge outcries about, oh, my site's dying, et cetera, and so on and so forth. I think this one... To me, and, and maybe it's because I'm in an agency and, and, and a lot of the tactics we're using or the clients we have, just for some reason, I mean, there was a very low percentage of clients, let's put it that way, that were affected seemingly by Panda. But we hear a, sort of a very loud minority of people uh, that have been affected by Panda, and, and often uh, the loudest people are the ones that, uh, and, and I'll just be frank, are the ones that weren't necessarily paying attention to quality in this case. Uh, how much? Uh, how many babies do you think, from what you're seeing, Barry? How many babies were thrown out with the panda bathwater uh, to just bring it to a different level and, and talk about that? Do you think that panda has unfairly hit some sites? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, everybody uh, with any update they do, there's always you know casualties that should not have been hit, and Google's admitted that that it happens, of course. Um, there are sites that were unfairly hit, and Google admitted it, and they fixed it, and then they hit them again in other updates. So it's it's interesting, and the louder you are when you're hit unfairly, the the better chance you are in terms of coming out of that if you are hit unfairly. At the same time, a lot of sites that were hit were not hit unfairly. It was targeting exactly what Google wanted to target. And Google said it affected a lot of sites. What was it, 12%? There's some crazy number out there. Uh, so 
Um, 12%, not just the websites on the internet, but it's 12% of the queries have changed forever. And that's not a small number of, of, of sites impacted by this. Um, so it's definitely an issue for a lot of webmasters, especially the webmasters who are used to getting a lot of traffic from Google, which hit them the hardest. The people who get the most amount of traffic, those 12%, are no longer getting that traffic anymore. They have to rethink their strategy. At the same time, you are 100% right. They were thinking about quick and dirty and cheap ways to actually get their rankings, and it caught, it caught up to them. And they didn't have any backup plan, or some of them did, and if you did, then you were hit by this. And the hardest thing is um, when you have somebody who's hit by this that really shouldn't have been hit by this. And there are cases in every single update they've done that this has, ha- has happened. And that's why Google set up those threads and those forum discussions to try to get people to communicate. And I've, it's, it's amazing to, to imagine Google tracking every single one of those posts, but they do. Um, they don't necessarily take action on all of that, but they definitely do track all the communication out there to see what they could do and how they could make it better. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely see people getting hit that they should have been hit by this. So taking that example that you just brought up, um, I believe I saw posted earlier this week uh, either at the roundtable, I think it was at the roundtable, um, about a, a discussion going on at Webmaster World Forums uh, that people have decided that potentially taking an entire chunk of potentially vandalized content and moving it from one subdomain or one area or to a completely different domain. Do you think this is something that has... Uh, wings, and, and is that the kind of thing that Google could notice and then maybe make some other tweaks to Panda and make that no longer uh, a viable uh, tactic? Well, not, I mean, Pandas run manually, so once they run that Panda algorithm again, if the content is worthy of being hit by Panda, the whole site that they moved it to will be hit by the Panda algorithm, and they'll have the same problem. So, yeah, it's going to be hit. Once, as long as that content is Panda- Worthy, I guess, or panda, you know, penal penalty, or what they call it, pandalize worthy. Um, then, yeah, they'll they'll be hit by panda, and that site will no longer rank very well um, in the search results. Very interesting. And do you think? I mean, is pandalized? Is this something? You know, some people are claiming that pan panda is the the closest yet that Google has come to being able to sort of develop an artificial intelligence within its algorithm in terms of trying to decide what is good, worthy content versus what is bad content. Do you agree with that? And if so, um, great. And if not, why? Well, artificial intelligence, at least to me, is more about Google learning from sites they hit automatically and then rebuilding their algorithms to learn to how to build out new algorithms. I don't think Panda's a self-learning algorithm. I don't think. I Maybe mean, somebody in the chat room will disagree with me, but I don't think they have many self-learning algorithms that build out new algorithms. They might. They use a lot of the data. They use, they use a lot of data to figure out, all right, these are the sites hit by the Panda algorithm. These are the sites that should have been. Let's tweak the algorithm manually, adjust the algorithm, and run the algorithm again. But I think those are humans doing the, that those algorithm sh- changes, not... not um, Computers figuring out how to build out a new algorithm. Maybe I could be wrong. I don't, I'm not, you know, I've never been involved or spoke about. Uh, you know, I'm not a Google engineer, but I don't think those panda that panda algorithm is a self-learning algorithm. That makes sense. Maybe not. I don't know. Okay, so then there, there's uh, you know. 
Good point. Um, you know, the, the point that I was trying to get at is that the actual way that the algorithm is supposed to work, and I, and I think you brought it out, and that, you know, as the human reviewers see, hey, what was hit, hey, let's see if that works, or maybe that one didn't work, and we need to make a tweak there. But, you know, from my understanding, a lot of what a lot, a lot of people are saying that from the highest level, uh, just the ability for, uh, you know, the algorithm to better discern between the quality of content is something that is kind of veering towards artificial intelligence. So I agree with you, though, that, you know, from the from the true definition of the term, uh, there would need to be some sort of a action being taken on a part of, uh, of the algorithm as opposed to a human that's making tweaks. Um, so good point. Um, Barry, any... You know, let's let's get ready to close it up here. I, I'm curious. Do you have anything really that you feel uh, that you either didn't cover in that article or that we haven't covered today that's an important thing to talk about uh, when you look back on 2011 and search engine optimization? Yeah, I mean, the, the freshest update was something that a lot of people didn't talk about. Uh, that was separate from the Panda update, and that's more about when, you know, looking at the index and having fresher content in it. It had a major impact on the search results that are coming up, so that's one. Two is Google Plus we touched on, but I can see that being drastically more involved in the search algorithm itself in the upcoming 2012 year. Three is probably ad placement on pages where those ads are, and if they're distracting to the user, and if they are, that will probably be a new penalty that's coming out in 2012 in terms of, in terms of sites that have too many ads in the bad location of where the content is, positioning. They, Google's going to be looking at the page layout to determine ranking as well as a ranking factor. Um, and probably um, the SSL change is going to be discussed a lot more in terms of webmasters not knowing the keywords that people are searching on to lead to their website. You're going to see a lot more on that side as well. So those four things, I guess. Great. Well, Barry, you know, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, we're really looking forward to uh, the next time we talk to you sometime, probably, hopefully, in Q1 of 2012. And uh, until then, uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us today on the SEO Rockstars. Uh, this has been your host, Chris Boggs, and uh, on behalf of our on uh, assignment host, Darren Babin, and our guest today, Barry Schwartz. I thank everyone for joining us, and and uh, please check out the podcast and, and feel free to share it at your convenience. Uh, thanks all, and we'll see you next week, I believe. Cool.